Thank you to the Board of Directors and members of the Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for the opportunity to have a conversation about larger issues affecting our community and visions of how it might evolve. This is my first opportunity for me, uh, as it is for Springfield's new mayor, and I sincerely appreciate the invitation. While I am a proud card-carrying member of the chamber, I have not recently attended one of these presentations, which leaves me a little uncertain as to what you expect. So at the risk of this being my first and last invitation to speak, <laughs> I propose to offer you insights on two issues that show the ca capacities and limitations of local government, an observation on our community's extraordinary capabilities, and a challenge. Recently, local, the, the local news has carried many stories about wind and solar power and the new practice of carbon capture. They are, they are to my mind, two sides of the same coin, one representing local government competence, the other lack of competence. Zoning has been the responsibility of local governments since the inception of the concept. The thinking has been that local governments know their communities and can best accommodate the views of different parties and can best work out a compromise that is satisfactory to most. While I wouldn't pretend that the county's wind and solar farm regulations are Solomonic in their wisdom, I would contend that, that after months of lengthy hearings with all parties brought to the table, we were getting close to a set of guidelines that balance the community's disparate interests to the satisfaction of most. As, as evidence of our progress, I would cite the fact that Sangamon County permitted the largest solar farm in the state, some 4,000 acres in the county's southwest corner, with very little opposition. And the fact that two of three additional applications received approval just last week. One of these solar farms was approved with no op opposition. When you begin to review zoning applications with no opposition, you have a pretty good indication that you're starting to balance the rules appropriately for the community. Unfortunately, our betters in state government decided last fall that local governments were not capable of writing zoning regulations that were appropriate for their local community, and instead imposed a single statewide solution for wind and solar farm zoning that will apply whether you live in Tallulah, Carmi, or Galena. It's impossible for me to believe that the same land use rules are appropriate for all the varied land use patterns in this state. In my opinion, this statewide solution's folly and arrogance of the grandest sort. Our betters left the administration of their diktat to the local yokels so that we might lend a veneer of community participation to, to a process that is, in fact, entirely dictated by the state. So as the fertile fields of Sangamon County convert from soybeans to solar arrays to achieve a return five times what you can, what you can earn in farming, I hope you will recall who dictated this change for our community. In contrast to wind and solar farming, the proposal to pipe and deposit carbon dioxide emissions in Sangamon County is an issue for which I have yet to find any area of local government competence. Proponents and opponents of the proposed pipeline agree that exposure to CO2 emissions 
can asphyxiate a person in something like 60 seconds. The opponents to the proposed pipeline are not obnoxious, nimby, not in my backyard types who oppose all change. They concede that we have pipelines running for water, for oil, and for natural gas running throughout the county. They have done what homework a common citizen could do, and they want answers about the specific safety risks and the consequent loss in property values associated with the CO2 pipelines. Oddly, the company that proposes to transport carbon dioxide from ethanol plants in Iowa to the unique rock formations beneath our central Illinois soil has done very little to explain to the community the special safety measures they are taking. And they are proposing special safety measures to prevent pipeline ruptures and to prepare the community in the event a pipeline does rupture. Are these special mitigation measures adequate? County government has no real expertise to make that determination. Are the risks consequential? Well, Sangamon County hosts a couple hundred miles of railroad tracks. Some of the chemicals transported regularly by rail in Illinois and labeled dangerous to human health include tetrahydrofuran, acrylate, and cyclohexanone. I know nothing about these chemicals. <laughs> I doubt anyone in the room is familiar with any of them. They certainly sound ghastly. Any of these chemicals may pass through our community without any notice whatsoever. And in fact, all three of them have. We live with some of these risks every day. Appropriately, because we have no real expertise in the matter, state statute gives the county no official role in approving the pipeline. The decision to authorize this pipeline and give company condemnation powers in order to build it rests with the Illinois Commerce Commission. The ICC does have the expertise with which to evaluate risks and the proposed mitigation. Our local citizens, very sensibly, have come to, to us at the county because they have no other form in which to raise their voice. We have, in turn, intervened in the application before the ICC to make certain that our local citizens' concerns are represented. The pipeline company has offered us a payment in lieu of taxes in the amount of $47 million if we will support their project. Our local citizens living nearest the proposed path of the pipeline have urged us to oppose the petition. I cannot tell you how the county board will decide to vote or what to do. I can tell you with confidence that we lack any real expertise in this matter. It's not fashionable to admit you don't know something. Outrage and invective are more admired today. But I hope that the day is not too far off when we, will, when we will again value humility in our leaders. Let me turn now from something we don't know to something we do know, or rather a lesson that we relearn over and over again. That lesson is that this community is blessed with incredible resources and capabilities, and the key to unlocking them is cooperation. Some examples. Some of you will recall the story of the Long Nine. These were the nine particularly tall representatives led, led by Abraham Lincoln and his future law partner, John T. Stewart. 
that Sangamon County sent to the legislature in Vandalia in 1837 with instructions to try to get the state capital moved to Springfield. Extensive review of the voting patterns of these nine men, done by the late Senator Paul Simon, demonstrates that our nine former representatives did not vote as a block, but instead voted on opposite sides of many questions, always careful to extract a promise of support from someone for moving the state capital to Springfield. This was an incredible, this was incredible teamwork from a very disparate group of men focused on one goal. Another example from a past generation, there are some in this room who may recall the extraordinarily unified effort from most, not all, but most corners of this community to bring Southern Illinois University School of Medicine to Springfield. We simply have no way to measure what that medical school has done to enrich our community. Some, of this, some in this room will more clearly remember when the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum was first proposed. The wiseacres in town all laughed up their sleeves, but once again, an extraordinary and persistent effort across party lines and jurisdictional lines prevailed to make that transformational institution a reality. More recently, many of us shared that shocking moment of opening the morning paper in the fall of 2009 to learn that the Union Pacific Railroad had planned for us a giant wall down 3rd Street with enormous flying bridges crossing at different locations. We rose with one voice to say that this must not happen. And together, with enormous effort and a little help from a United States Senator, we were in the process, we are in the process of literally picking up a railroad from 3rd Street and moving it to 10th Street. The, re the reverberating advantages of that project have yet to be fully appreciated, but I have already witnessed our new mayor effectively working to leverage that success of the, of the rail project for even greater benefits for this community. In the past few years, the business community and particularly the chamber showed real leadership in pulling together with leaders from labor organizations, local government, and our major instit educational institutions to form the Springfield Growth Alliance, giving us for the first time a focused and professional effort to develop new business opportunities for our young people to come home to. Its first major project, the Double Black Diamond gas plant near Pawnee, is so close to confirmation we can almost taste it. The largest, it, the su success means a billion dollar construction project, the largest in the history of our community, and a, and a remarketing of Sangamon County as a low cost energy source. And most recently, our hospitals, the medical school, the United Way, the community foundation, local government and leaders of social service agencies have come together to create Heartland Housed, an organization modeled on successful across the nation to deal with our in, intractable homeless problem. I'm pleased to report some real progress. Just one example. Five years ago, when Mayor Langford and I met with officials from the Department of Housing and Urban Development in Washington, they told us that our performance was so poor that they were considering putting us under the supervision of Decatur, 
In contrast, just last month, largely because of our efforts to work together, our community ranked in the highest percentile in the nation, in the nation on HUD's annual evaluation. The practical consequence of that ranking is the first increase in HUD funding for homelessness in this community since the early years of this century. Over, <laughs> over and over we, re we, we relearn this lesson to misappropriate Hamlet. The solution to our problems is not in our stars, but in ourselves. We have the resources. We simply have to come down out of our stargazing silos and work together. So here's the challenge. Unemployed young people are a tragedy in preparation. We know the work ethic, the, the satisfaction of earning a wage for a job well done is the path to success in life. We have businesses in this community who need workers. We have many organizations working on youth employment. There is a county department stocked with federal funds specially designed to help employers take on young workers. We have, we have made some fitful attempts to get these disparate groups together, generally when it was too late to do anything about it for the coming year. Mike Murphy, your president, knows about this. He's been a sensible voice in some of these conversations. We come out of our silos for the conversations, but we never really get together to create an organized, coordinated, focused effort. Could we? The chamber is uniquely positioned to lead this effort. Would it be willing to do so? So there's your thanks for inviting me to speak. <laughs> More. More work to do. I will understand if next year I'm invited to wash the dishes. Thank you.